Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? NEREX UK. All things revolution from a UK perspective. Hey, this is Chris from Wista, and you're listening to a wicked piss of British bloke named Mike. This is the NEREVS UK podcast, all things revolution from a UK perspective. I bet Mike starts the podcast with, right, hello everybody and welcome back to the NEREVS UK podcast, all things revolution from a UK perspective. What a boring git. Bruh. Right, hello everybody and welcome back to the NRF UK podcast, All Things Revolution from a UK Perspective. Welcome to episode 5 of season 3 of the NRF UK podcast, sponsored by the MLS UK Show. If you do wish to go and show your support to the sponsors, just search up MLS UK Show anywhere and you'll pretty much find them. They've got their own podcast over there where they kind of talk about their UK perspective on all things MLS rather than just the revolution. Uh, they've got their socials, they've got Twitter, they've got Instagram, you know, as I said, they've got their own website. They've got a YouTube now as well. We can watch their beautiful faces as they record themselves doing their great podcast. And it is a, little, a lot more professional than mine, to be there. I've got to be perfectly honest. Uh, so obviously a big thank you to them guys for sponsoring us for this season obviously and also a massive shout out to my patrons as well i have three patrons now so thank you guys you got you guys know who you are sorry i probably should have prepared that but i didn't i kind of just went that was that was completely i i don't script these very much but i do kind of write kind of what stuff i kind of want to cover and i've wrote patreon and then i've kind of thought about the names and i haven't wrote them down and i apologize so but this is the kind of level of uh, you know professionalism you kind of expect from this podcast. But a big thank you to anyone who does support me on Patreon. The money does go directly back into the podcast. It supports all the hosting costs as well as eventually maybe even paying for a few extra things. So we can kind of add some giveaways uh, for you guys. Maybe not New England Revolution based. Maybe I'll get some you know English football shirts and maybe give them away. Or, or I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of you know think about it. Some coasters. We know that the New England Revolution fan base loves a coaster. Um, so we can kind of think about little prizes as well as maybe upgrading on the production costs so it can actually be a little bit more professional and uh, sound a little bit better as well. But with all that said and done, we've kind of got to get into the podcast now. We've got a fair bit to go through today, so I'm not sure how long this one will drag on for. But I kind of want to delve into the pre-season. Obviously, that's just kind of all finished. The season is about to begin uh, in the uh, 2020 season. So we'll be talking about my expectations of what I kind of think the revolution is going to be doing, how I think we're going to be lining up, as well as giving my predictions on the season ahead and how we'll line up against Montreal in that first all-important game. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a long one, guys. So I suppose you best get yourself comfortable, get yourself a drink, a snack, sit back, relax, and let's do this. Right, preseason has finished. Uh, I think the record was two, two, and one. As I said, guys, um, you know we kind of just talk here. We just I just waffle on for kind of forty to fifty minutes. Um, I jot a few notes down. A lot of it isn't factually correct, if I'm perfectly honest. Uh, it's, it's just my opinion. All it is, it's it's a UK perspective on all things New England Revolution. So, uh, as I said, you can fact check all you want, and uh, I, I swear ninety nine percent of the stuff that comes out of my mouth is probably going to be incorrect. Um, but we've we've got uh, the preseason's done. Um, I think it was a very very good preseason. If I'm going to be perfectly honest, I think we um, 
we we used our preseason really really well as as i've kind of mentioned before preseason for me isn't about the actual score lines as long as you're not kind of getting beaten five or six nil and you're not in control of the game at all i think you know i don't think it really matters too much and i think if you look back at all of the preseason games i don't think there's any game even the one we lost and stuff uh, and then you know once where we drew and stuff i don't i don't think we ever at any point looked out of control of the game i think it was um, a great idea for Bruce to kind of play it, give the youngsters good minutes as well, because my thought process behind this was, and I was getting a little bit nervous, not going to lie, I was getting a little bit nervous, we're not seeing kind of what we all think would be the first 11 play a lot. But the idea, I believe, behind the, the reason for giving the youngsters the minutes was, at the end of the day, this is going to be a long season. Um, we're going to need these players to be coming in off the bench, coming in when there's injuries, suspensions, that kind of stuff. If they're going to come in, and we're going to expect them to kind of just slot into the first team, know the expectations of them as a player and kind of what their role in their team is going to be and to be fully fit without kind of joining in the preseason a lot. That's that's a bit too much to ask. You're kind of setting up your team to fail from day one. So I really like the fact that Bruce has kind of gone out, give them the kind of uh, minutes that they needed. So they're going to be fully fit. So if they do need to come off the bench day one, day two, day three, um, that they're going to be ready. They know the expectations of them as a player, what the positional uh, sense they need about them, what they're kind of, you know, going to be doing, what their role is within the team. And uh, more importantly, they're going to be able to last the 90 minutes if, if need be as well. So from that point of view, I think it was a, it was a really, really good preseason. Uh, standout performances for me, really, on the preseason an individual level was, I've got to say, really, for me, Christian Panier was the biggest uh, takeaway from the, uh, the biggest positive takeaway from the preseason. I mean, if we look at him, 2018 is obviously when he kind of burst onto the scene. The um, electric winger on the left, um, you know, the Ecuadorian DeLorean, as many have uh, branded him, he was so good the first few months of the 2018 season and just looked like a, a a breath of fresh air, just exactly what we needed, you know, high on assists, goals, just contributing all over the pitch for the for the revolution. Then kind of, I don't know, we had a, a little bit of a slump. Um, I'm not going to kind of talk about what my thoughts were because I don't really know the facts, but, you know, I think there was issues between him and Bruce. I think he had a few personal problems as well, but something happened and he, um, he wasn't the kind of same player that we saw towards the, the front of the season. I think we we saw bits of it coming back towards the back end of the season. Um, but, I mean, for me, 2019 was just, uh, you know... No, sorry, sorry, 2018 for me was a, a complete, you know, whitewash. Great season, no problems at all. 2019 was the season where we saw a good start to the season and it kind of just tailed off. And uh, so, as I said, we're not really too sure why and what the reason behind it was. But I kind of was a little bit worried because obviously even when Bruce came in, we still weren't really seeing the the, the 2018 Paneer that we kind of wanted back. But I know he's arrived back late to pre-season for us. It wasn't a Lee win situation, fortunate for us. But he's come back late for for whatever reason. Um, but he, I remember that first picture I seen of him. I think it's him and Luis Casado. And he looked... I don't want to be rude or anything because I'm carrying a bit of timber myself. But even in the 2019 season, he looked bigger and not in a in a muscular you know muscular way. He looked like he was carrying a little bit of extra weight, basically. What I'm trying to say in a polite way. But um, yeah, this season he's come back. He looks he looks raring to go. He looks ready. Looks fit. Uh, yeah, muscular. He looks 
it just looks better all around. Looks really, really happy within himself as well. Um, and I think we've kind of seen that. And you know, it's uh, it's a testament to himself really as a, as a as a person that you know for whatever happened in that 2019 season towards the kind of middle back end of it whatever was going on you know he's kind of come back he's had that pre-season he's done probably whatever he's done it's it's worked because he looks like he's happier and that's kind of translation now onto the pitch because I think he's probably been our standout performer in the preseason, uh, the players of note as well. I think you know the the link up play between um, uh, Bukska and, uh, and and Bo as well. I think them two are trying to kind of you know get involved a lot more, trying to pass the ball, read each other's game. I think there's going to be a language barrier there, obviously, because although I think Adam speaks really really good English, I don't think Gustavo has the full grasp of the language yet. Um, but universal is a football language, and you know I think from what we've already seen, the snippets of them together already. I think it is very, very promising. Um, they have already linked up, but it, it's gonna it's gonna take time for them to kind of know each other's game plan, uh, what each of the which what each player does uh, in each instance. You know, if if Adam, for example, has got a ball uh, come deep, he, you know, it's gonna almost become second nature that he knows Gustavo is going to be peeling off to the back post, for example. Um, uh, you know, and, and eventually that will come. That's just gonna come over time. But to kind of see it in pre-season so early on, already linking up good play, I think that was really, really, really um, pleasing to see from a from a revolution point um, because them two are going to be key, especially obviously with the, the news that obviously Carlos Hill is uh, very, very doubtful. He's, I mean, we're all pretty much out of it now. He's not going to be starting the game in uh, Montreal. Um, but uh, I've seen you know, zero pre-season minutes, although he has been working on his own, pretty much not on his phone, to the side uh, on his fitness. So, you know, if we did need him at all, I suppose he could make the bench. But I, I, I think it's a bit risky. If if he's monitoring an irritation in his foot, they don't want to risk him, then just sit him out the first game of the season. Gustavo Bowe's been playing in there for the pre-season. He's done a really, really good job in that kind of free role that, that um, Carlos gets. So I think it's only fair, really, to, to Gustavo to get a chance, opportunity to play in that role. Um, I don't think it's his strongest role. I do think Carlos is 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 the better of the two in that role. Um, I think Gustavo offers us a lot more. He's he's is a, a very versatile player. Um, I suppose uh, obviously uh, Carlos is as well. But I think um, from what I get from both players is that Carlos is I'd say the more intelligent football player of the two um not obviously anything to do with actual intelligence but as a, as a football player his football brain is a little bit more astute to to the game and i think he's he he kind of sees things that maybe gustavo doesn't i think gustavo's more he is more of a a direct he knows where the goal is and that's where we're heading towards whereas i do think um carlos does try and bring up the players into to play he's never ever scared to go backwards as well so I think he offers us something different in, in that role and uh, I think it suits the Revolution style a little bit better. But I think Gustavo's done a really, really good job there. But I like the fact that when you know we've got the option of Gustavo and, and Gil to interchange, that, that you know Gustavo, I think he's stronger out wide and purely because he's more direct with the ball. And I think he offers us more danger in that kind of position. Um, but that kind of just leave a position for grabs. And for, for me, I think, you know, there's been some really, really good performance kind of throughout the whole preseason. Uh, but I think two players which people might be sleeping on a little bit, really, that I've not really heard a lot of talk about. But I think, uh, in my opinion, were quite impressive. You know, I'm not going to say they stood out massively in preseason, but I think they've, you know, stayed their name on, on in Bruce's mind for a, 
for an opportunity to start in the first game of the season. And that's Tyjun Buchanan and uh, Justin Reddix. And with the fact that we've we've now got a position really free in that final third, because, um, you know, we, we're, we're very much nailing on that uh, Adam's going to start up top, then you're going to have probably Kurinsh Jimpanier on the right or left, and then we're going to have Gustavo Bow in that kind of 10 spot. Um, but we've got then another player to play in that front four, if you would. And... Uh, you know, I, I do think it probably is going to be fought out between Teal or Diego. I mean, I've, I've probably think I, I want it to be Diego, but I think it will be Teal. And we'll kind of talk about my kind of uh, predictions for the starting lineup as, as well a bit later in the show. Um, but for me, I think Tyjo Buchanan did really, really well. Um, he, he's still very, very raw, I would say. Um, he's definitely not the fi- you know the final product and or the the finished article which I don't expect him to be at the AG. Is same with Renix, um, but I do think I've seen a good improvement from him uh, from last season, and I do think he is going to contribute a lot more. I do think he's going to be key towards the back end of this season. I think we'll see him get a lot of minutes towards the back end of this season, and uh, yeah, just really kind of excited to see what uh, Buchanan can bring to the team this season. Because as I say, I think I've seen a little bit kind of more you know as I say. Uh, football IQ from him uh, in the preseason. I think he's been a little bit cleverer with the ball than he was last season. Um, still a lot of mistakes, but um, you know that's kind of expected to say. He's still learning his trade, as you will. Um, and then Justin Rennicks as well. And what I actually liked, the biggest improvement, I think, is I, I've started to feel that Justin is, is starting to believe in his own ability now, which you kind of... I didn't really see a lot of him last season. And, but the bits I did see... Um, you know, I thought he looked good, and I think going out alone probably has helped his his you know own self belief uh, because he was really direct, and we don't really have other than Gustavo Bo really from what I've seen. I don't know what you could say, Christian Pena. We don't have a lot of players who will just pick up the ball and just run, just pick up the ball and they'll run at the defence. And to be fair, when you know you've got a player like Justin Rennick who has kind of got that raw you know, unpredictable uh, ability about him that I, I almost think sometimes he doesn't know what he's going to do. And I think for a defender, that must be terrifying because if the player himself doesn't know what he's going to do when he's running at you, then it's going to be hard for a defender to also judge that as well. So uh, I think he's, again, he's going to be quite a big player for us this season. I think um, he did impress me uh, a fair bit throughout the whole of the preseason. Um and uh, as I said, I think he's going to be—he's going to get a good chunk of minutes this season. I, I can read. I don't think he'll go out alone. I think we will utilize him in the Revolutions uh, eighteen going forward. Uh, as we kind of work our way backwards now, I suppose um, the midfield partnership—that's the kind of bit that does scare me. The whole kind of bit that front four. I think whoever you put in there, I think we're good. I think we are good. I think you know you can play. Any player that we've kind of got in there, you know, even like the likes of Renix and Buchanan in there, and I think we're good. I think we're good. I think we're solid. Uh, we've got the main four, I suppose, you know, in Adam, uh, Christian, Gustavo, Carlos. That's you kind of, you, you're starting four. But even past them, when you look at the depth pieces, I think they all add different aspects to the game. Um, you know, uh, Teal, I mean, obviously, this is an experiment we've been trying for a while now. As I said, I, I don't think he's a starter. I don't think I don't think he should be a starter from what we've got now, but obviously with injuries and kind of stuff, I think he's a, a just a great person to have come on the pitch at any point. Point or you know even you know, it's fair enough to start a game um, at some point because it's a long season. As I said, you know he's going, we only need everyone's going to be pitching in, but the um, it's from there backwards that 
apart from the goalkeeper position, I think I'm a little bit worried about. The midfield, uh, uh, I've seen him try Callum a little bit push forward, but I think for me, I think we just leave Callum Rowe as the kind of Agadello of last season, really. And I, I'm not too really sure, I don't know if it was the money, why we didn't keep one, because I think as we moved him back into the kind of midfield line, I actually think he started to improve. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say he was a, a world beater or, you know, an MLS all-star in that position, but I think he was the best I've seen him play for us for, for a long time. Um and I kind of see that's kind of maybe where we're going to be seeing Callum Rowe this season. I don't think he has been brought in uh, due to all the speculation that I've seen over on Twitter and to, to kind of fight Gil for minutes. I don't think that's why. I think that's probably maybe what... A lot of, and I can understand why, because originally, if you look back two, three seasons ago, that's kind of what you would have thought from a Callum Rowe type of player. But I do think now with the fact that he has got a good brain, um, footballing brain and the fact that you know he has got the ability we know we haven't seen it really um, from him in a while I do think he could pull the strings in a little bit more of a deeper role for us and if we get the Cannon Row of what 2015-16 um, ability in that deeper role I think we've got a very very key part to the revolution have I seen it this preseason? no I've not I've not seen I've seen glimmers of it um, saying as I've seen glimpses from Diego of you know the talent as we always see we all see these glimpses of what they can do um, but really especially more for Callum than Diego um, I think this season is the make or break of him I think if he doesn't do it this season I just don't think it's going to happen for him unfortunately um, as much as I love both players um, there's a lot of players in the revolution that I like um, and I used to sway towards them more because I like them than anything. Um, Callan was one of them. Jago's one of them. Um, uh, Scotty Caldwell's one of them as well. But uh, fourth, you know, foremost, we've got to start thinking about the actual team and what's going to be putting on the pitch is going to win us the game. And th- them players, for me at the moment, they are just really, really good depth pieces. Um, I know kind of Scotty Caldwell is the kind of, I suppose, I suppose Rowe is as well. If I'm perfectly honest. Actually, all three of them, Jago, Rowe and Scott Codwell are all kind of ones who split the, the, the Revolution fan base of are they are they good enough or not? And uh but I think Rowe's gonna be kind of more in that midfield. But then we've got obviously Lewis Asado, Wilfred Zahibo, and we've got um Scott Codwell as well. And for me, other than Lewis Casado, the uh, for me Lewis Casado is the starter there. And then alongside him, it's got to be any of those three. Um, at the moment, I don't know. I'm not really too sure on any of them. They're all very, they're not the same style of player, but they're all similar in the fact that they can have good moments, but then they go missing for 20 minutes in a game and you, and the game just passes them by and they're not really getting involved. Um, Caldwell's more for me, the kind of player you bring on when you want to keep a lead. Um, so you're you're in ascendance in the game, and you want to kind of control and slow the game down a little bit more. Um, that's the kind of type of player he is for me. Um, I suppose uh, we'll we'll talk about actually we'll talk about my prediction obviously a little bit later on. But it's n- none of the other ones. I mean, Casado's obviously been out, and I think he only played forty five minutes in the scrimmage against um, a Portland B team or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, for for me. I don't know, it's, it is worrying that, you know, Casado's not got a lot of game time and you kind of expect somebody to, to grasp the opportunity with both hands and really take it. And 
I, th- I suppose Zahibo mainly, but I, d- I don't know. It's 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 that's really it's the worrying part for me because I don't think anyone's strong enough at the moment to kind of really make us drive forward and and get the ball from the defence. And I think Callum Rowe could be that player, but I've not seen it, so it, it is worrying. Um, defensive Ryan, obviously Henry Henry Kessler. Um, obviously, it was a little bit worrying when when Kamara, you know. Visa, and we're still not too sure what happened with him. We're presuming it's just the criminal record that he had back in, was it 2014, 15? Um, but yeah, we're kind of, I suppose, all worried really what was going to happen. But Henry Kessler has done the opposite of what that midfield have not done really. And he has took this opportunity and really staked a name to be a starter. And if I'm going to be perfectly honest, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Obviously, he still is a little bit rust, you know, raw and and not rusty. Sorry, um, he does make silly mistakes sometimes, but that's expected from from a player of his age, and he's just going to grow and grow and grow. And I think, I do think that the come game day one, if he does get the nod, which I hope he does, I think it is going to be hard for for people to to the likes of you know anyone really who, who's not in that starting four from game day one to, to get their position back because I don't think Henry's going to give it up easily. He's, he's definitely not going to want to... If he starts game day one, he's not going to want to give that position up and uh, let somebody else come back into the team after a really, really good productive preseason. Um, And it's kind of what I was kind of hoping that we would get because for me, uh, I mean, I, I, if you were to ask me who's my favourite centre-back or or who is the the best defender we've got in centre-back role at the Revolution, I'd say Antonio, Antonio Delamare. But I think he offers, offers almost the opposite of what Delamare offers. Delamare is 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 very good at, at tackling, getting the ball back. He's a very much a, a no-nonsense defender, really. He's good at positioning. He's got a little bit of speed about him. Um, but he's good, you know, he kind of finds himself in good positions and he puts in good hard tackles. And he's, his judgment on tacklings are good. I wouldn't say Kessler is the best at maybe, you know, being in the right position sometimes, but again, that's with time. Timing his tacklings, he has been off on a few. But he, giving the ball at his feet, and he's good. This is almost what's making me think eventually, if he has a good season this season, I do think there's an opportunity to push Kessler forward a little bit and play him as a central defensive midfielder because I do feel that he is very comfortable with the ball at his feet. He didn't look phased. Um, he's got a good passing uh, range on him as well. So I think there is opportunity eventually to look at him in that position if we do find a, a budding partnership between, I don't know, Delamere and, and Andrew Farrell again. And you don't really want to drop Kessler because he's playing well. Give him that opportunity to see what he's like playing a little bit further forward. Um, Andrew Farrell, for me, is not kind of led on from a very, very good season last season. He's, he's um, I wouldn't, obviously he's not looked bad. I wouldn't say he's looked bad at all, but he's he's definitely not looked as, as good as he was um, in the 2019 season. But I don't think there's anything really to worry about, if I'm being perfectly honest. Obviously, Michael Mancien picking up another injury. Um, I, I don't know what to think about the whole Mancien experiment thing. I mean, I wasn't overly... Uh, sold on the idea when he first came in I had, I had my reservations and if you kind of find the podcast I did back then and um, when I talked about the signing I'm pretty certain I wasn't over excited as many were because I kind of I've seen him in the championship Leeds have been in the championship for quite a while now so I've seen him a fair bit 
And I knew he wasn't the player that everyone kind of thought he was going to be. But I thought, to be fair, you know, the MLS isn't at the level of the, the championship. We've got a few teams in the MLS that are probably championship material. But I wouldn't see it, say it's at the same level as the championship. So I was thinking, to be fair, you know, he, he could do a decent job. But, you know, he's, he has had injuries as well, which hasn't helped him. But he just hasn't really settled um, as a player. And he doesn't really seem to suit what we're doing here. He, 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 I don't know what it is, but he doesn't really seem to, to fit into what we're trying to do. Um, but I do think he's good to have around the camp. I do think he... Uh, I honestly think that... You know, he'll stay on this season and then I do think he will probably move to the coaching staff. I think that's the, if I'm being perfectly honest, I think that's the idea here. And I think that's probably a really, really good move because I think he has got a lot of knowledge and stuff that he can offer. I don't think he could probably do it as a player anymore, but the, the you know, that side, the stuff inside his brain will never leave him. So I think he will be great for Henry to kind of learn off of. Um, and uh, I think he will be good. I do think this will be his last season with us. Um, and as I said, I think he'll probably move in, into the uh, to the backroom staff. Um, in terms of wing backs, I think Brandon Boy's actually been <laughs> particularly good. Um, he's yeah, he's just kind of picked up where he left. I don't think he had a bad season. I don't think he had a you know really amazing season last season. I think he was just consistently inconsistent, um, frustrating at times. But I think yeah, this preseason he did look really good. And uh, to be perfectly honest, I mean there was times when I thinking we could try. Dwan Jones out there and I'm still happy to, to experiment with that um, but I do think for this first game of the season um, that we'll probably play both of these players And uh, but I think Brendan Bay did give himself you know a really good account of himself on that right hand side and I think he's kind of I think it is his now to lose I think it is his position to lose I don't I think I think he is Bruce's first choice and to be fair I'm happy with that I think he had a good good preseason. Um his final ball looked better it's still not 100% there but you know he did assist a fair bit in the preseason and, and looked to get into really good positions uh, I think defensively at times he was better um, just to, overall I think it's a, a small but a, a, you know a noticeable imp improvement for, for Brandon um, and you know I hope he kind of just continues that trend going forward obviously we didn't see Alexander Butner um, or obviously Dana Mayer or Carlos Hill in preseason at all and um, that obviously left uh, Seth and Dewan Jones are supposed to battle it out for the, the left uh, side of the defensive position. Um, for me, Seth kind of, Sinovich, yeah, he did okay. Um, I don't think he's kind of offers us the attacking threat we needed um, at, at times. I think defensively he's okay. I think he's, he's solid. Um, although, obviously, that first goal against the Galaxy... Um, for me, obviously, when I first kind of thought seeing the goal, I thought it was mostly Matt Turner's fault, um, and it still is. A lot of it is Matt Turner's fault. It was uh, awful piece of goalkeeping from a very normally astute goalkeeper. Um, but when I watched it back a few more times, Seth did get caught on his heels in that instance, and obviously, you know, he's not the fastest of players, so I think that's got to be you know, in the back of his head at all, all times, really. There's a lot of fast, pacey players on the wings in the MLS now. He's not going to be able to keep with them. He's got to be very mindful of giving himself, not being caught on his heels, especially because if he's caught on his heels and the player's already running at him, that's lost. Um, at least if he's kind of in motion in the right direction, he's going to at least cause them maybe to push them out wide or put them off balance or at least give them something to think about. 
uh, when he's trying to defend. Um, but I think for me, you know, Dwan Jones just kind of, again, picked up where he left off. Very solid. Um, do I think he's, def- he's a defender? No, probably not. But is he bad? He's not bad at all, really. He, he just kind of just, he looks like a really polite young man who will just give, no matter what you ask him to do, he will just give it 110%, no matter what where you play him on the pitch. He just wants to play football um, and he'll give it his all. Uh, in, in any position, I'm sure he'd go and goal if he if he gave him the opportunity. Um, but yeah, really, really happy with Dwan Jones's performances and uh, just his whole everything about him. I just really like him as a person, and I think he's going to be a huge piece in the revolution. Not just at left back, wherever we play him, I think he'll be his versatility is going to be key this season. As I say, it's a long season. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be suspensions. He's a type of player who will just come in, do the job, and do it well. Um, so I think that's pretty much it for my, my pre-season takeaways. Obviously, in terms of goalkeepers, it's still Matt Turner. Uh, I do feel slightly sorry for Brad Knighton, though, because he had a really good pre-season. And if he was to have that kind of pre-season probably anywhere else, he'd probably be the first-choice goalkeeper. Um, Jeff Caldwell pulled off a really, really good save as well. Um, he's obviously not going to be getting many minutes, at all, if, if, if any at all. I'm not too sure if he's going to be utilised in the Revolution 2 team. Um, but we'll kind of come on to that in a little bit later as well. But I think all three goalkeepers gave really, really good accounts of themselves. Um, I think, you know, Matt Turner is obviously the obvious choice. Um, you can't really have a US men's national team alumni and stick him on the bench, can you really? Especially as he's not really doing anything that bad in pre-season apart from that Pavon goal. But I think Brad Nyan had a really, really good pre-season um, and uh, yeah, I think we made the right decision in keeping Brad over over Cody. Although, you know, who knows? Cody could come back to haunt us in this season. Obviously, when we go and face Houston Dynamo. But uh, overall, yeah, pre-season was good. I think it was good run out, good fitness levels. A lot of good players starting to kind of show what they can do for the season. So that's the pre-season side done. We've now gone obviously go over. We've got a few bits to go through still. We're going to be talking about my expectations of the Revolution team, my predictions uh, for the season ahead, as well as answering your guys' questions. So uh, let's get into it, shall we? Questions to Mike Time. Right, we're going to start off by answering uh, questions put forward to me by you guys, by the lovely guys over on social media. Um, so I've got, I've got actually quite a few this time. The podcast Dropbox thing is obviously I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to open it. I've checked it before the episode this time. It's still empty. Um, so I'm not going to do the whole opening of the treasure trust thing and, and finding everything in there again because it was funny once. Well, I, I thought it was funny once. It's not really going to be funny again. So um, until it kind of gets anything in there, we're not going to see or utilise it. Um, and I, oh, actually, just while we talk about this, I want to say a massive thank you to, to John Oliveira, who obviously plays as our EMLS um, soccer player, uh, obviously in the world of FIFA. And um, because he did, a, he actually sent me a soundbite twice of him doing the um, It's a New England Revolution podcast, Any of UK, All Things Revolution from UK um, perspective. And I've, I listened to it, but then when I actually come back to kind of pull them off Instagram, it, it doesn't allow me for some reason. And because I've asked him twice and he's done it twice, I don't want to ask him again. But I'm, I'm just looking at it now and I, I can press play, but nothing plays uh, on both ones. I'm not too sure why. So kind of when I come to record the, the, the clip of it so I can actually get it off Instagram, it's it's not there anymore. And I don't know if it's because it's been left too long or whatever. Um, but I don't kind of want to ask him again. And also um, Nicholas Firmino as well, he did one. 
Um, but again, when I press play, I've just pressed it again now and nothing's being done. But thank you to those guys. Um, so obviously you are stuck with uh, Chris, unfortunately, until anyone else sends me one in. So it's going to be Chris is going to have pretty much the whole season to himself, I think. Um, but if you do wish to, then just let me know over on Twitter and I'll let you know how you can send it. You can either send it by the Dropbox or you can just email me a little sound clip of yourself um, talking, uh, well, doing a little a little kind of intro to the, the podcast, I suppose you can call it. Um, but yeah, obviously, thank you to those two for taking time out of their, their days to kind of, you know, send me a little clip. I'm just sorry that I can't use it. Um, but yeah, also, I'm hopefully this now is the podcast is out on more platforms. I've kind of opened it up and I think it should be spreading its seed out on to Apple as well as Google Podcasts and Stitcher. And um, I think I'm on Spotify as well now. So yeah, that's great. And if you are on iTunes and you are listening, please make sure you leave a review. Because obviously, I think the more reviews I get and five star it, then the more it kind of I chart and I can actually chart as a podcast, which would be ridiculous if I managed to do that. Um, but yeah, I got a few um, questions. I kind of forgot what I was going to say then from you guys. First of all, um, Revolution Report have asked which first team players should be on the Revs 2. Now, this is a very interesting topic and I was very pleased that somebody put this question towards me. Um, for me, out of the first team, Barring maybe, oh, I kind of meant, forgot to mention uh, Riviera as well. I think he had a really, really good preseason, as did Firmino, actually, as well. I think they both looked like they could contribute if needed to in the first team. I thought, uh, to fair, but I'm going to be honest, Firmino in the midfield looked really good. Um, and I think Riviera didn't let the whole situation phase him at all and obviously grabbed himself two goals, which was very pleasing to see. That cannot, you know, do the uh, youngsters' confidence, you know, a world of good. Um, but, uh Barring kind of, you know, the likes of Riviera and maybe Firmino, uh, Buchanan, I probably wouldn't say Buchanan or Renix. I'd say uh, the, the Revolution actual roster it is, I think you'll see Firmino flitting between the both of them. I think you'll see Riviera moving between the both of them as well. Um, So I suppose if you were to ask me what I realistically think, that that's my two. I don't know if anyone else will, will move between the two teams freely. I think that there's... There's your two. We can't really afford to lose any of the defenders. Um, I think Jeff Caldwell um, from the goalkeeping, I think you'll see him potentially move between both teams. Um, I don't think he's not going to really make the bench. If, it's, if them two stay fit, I don't think he's going to make the 18. Um, other than maybe in cup runs when you see maybe Brad Knight go in goal and Jeff go on the bench. So I think he'll probably be utilised in the Revolution 2 team as well. Um, you might see maybe Renix and Buchanan possibly. Um, but I suppose if you were to ask who I think could be used as well, I think realistically they're the ones that they will go. But maybe Scott Caldwell could be used in the Revolution 2 team as well. Um, you know, you still want to be giving him minutes. Um, I think his knowledge and the fact he's a homegrown player, the fact of seeing him in the team with you and him to give his footballing knowledge to the young players... And the fact that he is a homegrown player, I think, would be huge. And I think it would be silly for the Revolution not to utilise that. I mean, if Bruce doesn't see him in the 18, then why not give him a run out in the the, the, the twos team? Um, it just makes perfect sense to me. Uh, but other than that, I don't know if anyone else will really will really see move that much between the uh, the two teams. But I think one player they should utilise is Scotty Cardwell. Not because I don't think he's not good enough anymore for the, the, the first team. I think he still adds something to the team. But if he isn't making that 18, then realistically, 
if you're not making the 18 for the first team, why not go and spend any of the players? Why not spend some time with the um, the twos? Um, uh, so, so that pretty much wraps up my thoughts on that one. We've then got uh, David. David is a regular contributor towards the podcast. Always coming to me with little ideas as well. So thank you, David, for your uh, continued contribution. Um, he's asked a few questions. So first of all, he said, uh, can you keep Kessler and Jones off the pitch for the regular season? So to answer that one for me, um, I don't think either of those two players should be kept off the pitch. I think Jones should be utilised as much and as often as we can do. And as I said, Henry Kessler for me, I think once, if he gets that first start, I think it's going to be hard for anyone to dislodge him because he's not going to want to give up that shirt anytime soon. He's going to want to really make a point and, and stand out as a, as a player. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think both of them will get really good chunks of minutes this season, if you're honest. Um I think the only problem with Jones is that if, if, if Alexander Buchner does come in and starts to perform really well, I do think it's going to be hard for Jones then to get back into the team. But if Jones gets the position day one um, and plays well as we know he can do, I think it's going to be hard for Bruce to make the decision to give Buchner a go. But on the flip side of that, we've paid a good chunk of money for Buchner. So to have him on the bench, I don't know. It's going to be a tough one. I'm glad I'm not managing the team. That's all I can say. Um, but yeah, I do think it's going to be um, hard if they both start to get them off the pitch then. Uh, the next kind of part of the question is he asked me is uh, Butzka and Bo, how many goals do you think they'll get this season? Now combined, I think they'll both easily be in the 10 pluses. I think we'll, we'll see probably more from uh, Butzka than Bo. Um, I think uh, Gustavo Bo will contribute uh, a lot more assists. Uh, this season than we saw last season. Um, but I think with Butska being our main focal point, I think he's going to be getting a lot of goals from set pieces, hopefully, um, as well. Um, but I can see them both in the 10 figures. If I'm going to have to put a number on it, I'd probably honestly say that they're looking in the... You know, I do think they both could get... Yeah, so I'm going to be bold, to be fair. I'm going to say 32 goals between just the two of them. 32 goals between just those two players. Um, because I don't know, I've just got a lot of faith in them. And uh, just from what we've seen last season of Gustavo Bo, and I don't know, it's just the feeling I've got. 32, that's my number, all right? Um, oh, that's it, sorry. I thought we had another question as well. He just says, uh, keep up the good work. Uh, looking forward to listening to the next show. So, David, thank you once again. As always, sir, it's been an absolute pleasure in answering your question. And uh, the uh, <laughs> other question I got was from um, uh, Chris, the guy you heard at the start of the podcast. And uh, he asked a question we're all dying to know the answer to, and that is, who is buying Carlos Hill? Now, there's been a lot of, obviously, speculation going around, and this is where we get serious, guys, This is because this is a serious topic. A lot of speculation been going around the camp, obviously, about Gustavo Bo. And a lot of people think, you know, that it's, he's just got a minor foot injury and you know we're, we're okay don't worry he's, he's training now he's back back with the team he's training um you know we've seen pictures of him in in, in the training facility he's on billboards now he's on you know he's, he's on bits of uh marketing that they're using but unfortunately guys um the news is that gustavo bo has told me uh, he spoke to me um in english because he can speak english he's just been lying to us this whole time that Colossal is unfortunately leaving 
the New England Revolution. Now, there's been speculation that Arsenal have come in for him. That I can uh, 100% say is, is not true. Arsenal have not come in for Carlos Hill. Um, but, uh, yeah, speaking to Gustavo Bo earlier on in the week and uh, he, he kind of just talking about things in general because uh, me and him are very, very close. Um, he's got a bit of a Cockney, actually, uh, tone to his voice. He looks speak like he's uh, from London. Um, it's, it's weird that he doesn't speak English um on any of the uh, bits of social media snippet we've seen. But, um, yeah, just talking to him about things in general, how he's feeling, all that kind of stuff, how, how he's been in connect with Adam, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we got on to, obviously, you know, I asked him what's going on with, with Carlos, and he says that, you know, um, that Carlos is uh, just doing what Carlos wants to do. It's very much like um, the Lee Wynn situation. Um, he doesn't... You know, he hates New England. He doesn't like the cold weather. He he just doesn't want to be in and around any of the players. He thinks he's he's far too good for the team, that he should be on more money, that, you know, everything should just be built around him. And almost like this Latin type effect, really, you know, he, he doesn't understand why Bruce Arena hasn't bought in players that are of his calibre. Um and he wants out. He basically doesn't think he that he, a football player of, of his stature should be playing at this level now. And, you know, we've had n- numerous bids come in um, from, the, you know, footballing giants around the world. But Gosport Town have come in and the bid has been accepted and he thinks that's the level that he should be playing at. Um, so I think it's just now down to, to personal terms. So unfortunately, Revolution fans, um, this whole segment you've just listened to is absolute bullshit and I'm just making it up. Um, so obviously, Carlos Hill uh, is going to be key to us this season. He's not going anywhere. He just had a foot in um, injury and he's back in, in, in kind of, you know, nearly full training now. It's only a matter of time before he's back in the team. Um, so sorry if I've alarmed any of you with that little segment. But um, yeah, I just kind of thought it'd be funny to put it in there. Collis Hill is not going anywhere. So we're kind of going to combine this as one whole section, really, um, because I realise I've probably been dragging on for uh, forever and you guys probably have got stuff to do. Um, but my expectations for the season, for the revolution, is just to play good football, really. I want to see the fans get involved more. I want to see more noise. I want to see bigger, better crowds uh, just getting involved in the games and just giving it their all obviously i would love to go to a game but that i don't think it's going to be possible this year um if i'm being perfectly honest it's just too much money it's too expensive obviously i know a lot of people are thinking about it from a, a me going situation but i would never in a million years just fly myself out to new england uh, to go and watch a game and not take my family because to me that's just such a selfish act um, so, you know, my wife likes football. She loves football. She played at a decent swimming level over here. Uh, both my kids, um, although they both stink at football, soccer, sorry, um, they both will, would enjoy the whole experience. Um, so for me to travel all the way to America without them is a 100% a no-go for me. Um, so I've looked into, obviously, on numerous occasions, and cause my wife would love to go and see a Red Sox games as well. She'd absolutely love to go and see a baseball game. Um, so 
Yeah, I've looked at the cost of it and it's just during the school holiday in August because um, I think the Red Sox are playing on the 18th and 19th at home against Chicago and the Revolution have got a game against Kansas, I think it is. That would be an ideal time this year to, if we were to come. But the, obviously the costs then are astronomical because it's it's half, it's half school holiday, so ever ups the prices. And, you know, we're looking at like what, like four or five thousand pounds to get us all out there. Um, and that's not even including, you know, oh, sorry, I think that is including the games. But yeah, it's, it's just, it's too too much money, um, I think, uh, to to do at the moment. Obviously, if the Revolution and Red Sox want to join together and combine forces and stump up five grand, then obviously, thank you. Uh, but obviously, that's not going to happen. But would love to get out to game. But obviously, if not, I want to just hear you guys. When I'm watching a game on TV or over Bet365 or wherever I'm watching it, I just want to hear you guys give it their all throughout uh, the season. I want to see us play some good football. I want to hear in any Revs UK chant at any time throughout the season. That would be amazing. Um, and if anyone could record it, that would be even better. Um, but yeah, just want to see the community just i think we are a great community already i think we are a great community i love being part of it but i just think we could do more and be bigger and better and louder um so really i'm not going to go expectations in terms of what i want i would love to see bruce play the youngsters more that's my only real kind of expectation of what i'd like to see from that but other than that it's kind of a weird one because i think a lot of people are expecting me to talk about my expectations for the team and all that kind of stuff, but it's it, it is, but it's more what we can do as a fan base uh, than anything. I want to hear us, and I want us to make noise on social media. I just want us to be everywhere. I just want us to be, you know, I wanted to be at the forefront of people's mind when they're thinking about supporting an MLS team, um, and you know, hopefully they go past the part of oh, LA Galaxy have got Carlos Vela. They've probably, you know, they arguably have got the best team. Um, in in the league, and you know Atlanta. That it's, I mean, it is hard to look past Atlanta, LA Galaxy, uh, LAFC, uh, Inter Miami now. I suppose because the the draw of David Beckham, even though they've not played a single game yet, they they're the kind of teams that people appeal to. But why not New England Revolution? Why why can't it be us? Why can't we have more fans in the UK? Why can't we be the the first team that people think about when they think about MLS? There's there's no reason. Um, the crafts are putting money into the team now. Yes, we still need our own stadium, but but yeah, I suppose expectation wise, that's kind of what I want to see from this season. Um, from the footballing point of view, I just want us to see us play some good football, and for the for the players to give a shit when they're pulling the shirt um, about the club and the fans, and which I don't think I don't think I've ever once thought that they didn't, even throughout the whole crappy Brad Friedel back end of the, his kind of you know tenure. Um, but yeah, I just want the players to kind of give a crap about the club and the fans, and um, I'll be happy. Um, now that I kind of where we finish, if we have a a season where people are predicting we're finishing tenth or eleventh, I honestly can't see us finishing tenth or eleventh. But if it does happen, if we always finish tenth or eleventh, however, our players give it their all, and you know we're um we're we have tried our hardest it's just the, for the fact that other teams were better than us then that's fair enough i'm happy to lose to a team that are just just better than us and that have you know that have outplayed us 
in terms of, of footballing ability. But if we lose in the fact that, you know, our players just aren't contributing or aren't giving it their all or aren't trying and we're losing five or six nil, then then, you know, that's when I, I you know, it's not going to be an enjoyable season at all and it's not going to be fun to watch and but I think if you know if we do see good players, you know I do think if we do see, you know, the players giving it their all but you are still losing, I think from a fan base and a supporters point of view, that that's fine. That that is fine. I think I'm more than happy to to finish tenth or eleventh, but know that the the players have just gave everything that they can, and it is just the fact that their teams around us were better. That that I'm happy with. So as long as we're giving it their all, I'm good. I am I am good. Um, predictions for the season. So we're going to be delving into predictions for the starting eleven, kind of where I think we'll actually will finish in this season. Uh, as well as maybe kind of predicting the top goal scorers, top assists, player of the season, young player of the season, all that kind of stuff as well. So I'm going to start off with the uh, Maple Syrup Derby, as it's now been touted, um, what I think the predictions for that game will be. So we'll talk about the formation and the scoreline and the goal scorers from the revolution point. And then we'll delve into the season and players, you know, individual players, just from what I'm kind of thinking now. Obviously, it's going to change throughout the season and I'm probably going to get it all wrong. But starting lineup against Montreal, we're going to go for uh, Matty Turner in goal. I think that was pretty much a given in most people's starting lineups. Um, I'm going to kind of explain a few of my choices here as well. And uh, this isn't what I think we will start with. I don't think I probably will go. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give my predictions of what I would like to see as a starting lineup, and then I'm going to give my predictions of what I think Bruce will actually pick. So this first of all is my starting eleven, what I would like to see on the pitch. So Matt Turner in goal. I'm going to go left back. I'm going to say Dewan Jones purely because um, I think I think we need Dewan's pace there for this game. I think he actually looked the better player. Um, obviously, Alan Alan Butner has only had 45 minutes of game time. I don't think that's enough for him to start. I don't. Obviously, we've not seen what he's like, so I can't really say he's done anything wrong. But he hasn't done anything I've seen to warrant me putting him there. Um, I just think Dewan Jones is the, the best option we've got from pre-season. Uh, centre-back partnership, I'm going to go with Andrew Farrell and Henry Kessler. I think that's most people's starting um, lineup. to be fair, uh, in terms of defensive partnerships because they're the two that have played the most minutes. They looked good together um, and I think he's our best options. If Delamaya played a little bit more, I would have probably gone Delamaya and Kessler. I don't think you drop Kessler at the moment. I don't think... I don't think, you know, Farrell has impressed me more than Kessler has. So, um, but from what I've seen over preseason, it's uh, Kessler and Andrew Farrell. Right back is Brandon Bay. I think he's got that nailed on at the moment. However, if we were to start someone else at left back, I'd be more than happy to see how Dewan Jones does at right back. But uh, so far, it's Matt Turner and Gold. Dewan Jones at left back, Henry Kessler, Andrew Farrell, and then Brandon Bay in midfield. Now, this one is a tough one for me because Casado would be my obvious choice um, and I am going to go with him. But again, I've not seen a lot of him, but I think he's still our strongest player in that position. So I'm going to put Luis Casado in there because I do think we need him. We need Casado in that position to this game. And then I'm going to pick a player which will probably be my surprise pick of this match. And again, I don't think it's going to happen. 
by any stretch of imagination. I'm not in any kind of, you know, assumption that this is going to happen. But I would actually give Firmino a go there. I think we should have Luis Casado and Firmino um, in that midfield partnership. Just give it a go. He, he did really impress me. I didn't really talk about it enough, and I don't know why, because I've, I've noted his name now. I've put a circle around him as now as well to kind of make sure I talk about him. But he looked really good for me. Again, there's a few little sloppy bits of play here and there. For me, I think it's just worth giving him a shot there because he looked he looked like yeah, he looked like a different player. I suppose I didn't really see much of him last season, so I can't really say. But he looked like he's really up for it this season. And I think we've got to give him the opportunity. When you've got a young player who looks ready um to to just give it his all for the club, then I think you've just got to give him the platform and opportunity to to do that. And um yeah, I've, I've just got, I don't know what it is about this season that I think that he could be really, really key for us. I've just noticed as well that I haven't spoken about uh, Isaac Ankin at all. And um, for me, um, he was the most disappointing player uh, for me uh, pre-season. I think I've, I think I had my expectations slightly higher than I should have done for him because I just expect really big things from him because of, of what I've seen he can do. Uh, but for me, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it was, but the one game I remember watching and he just looked lost. Um, he actually looked better. I, th- I think it's more where we put him because we put him in the 10 spot. And for me, he, didn't, he just didn't look like he knew what he was supposed to be doing there. And I don't know if that was either him or the coaching staff, but he just looked lost throughout the whole thing. And he looked better when he was playing slightly deeper. Um, so I don't know if it's his fault. I can 100% say it's his fault. But yeah, I wasn't overly impressed with Ankin's performance from the one I did see. But I didn't see everything, obviously, because a lot of it was behind closed doors and wasn't shown and stuff. So I can't really say that. So I do think he'll be definitely utilised in the Revs 2 team. Um, but uh, yeah, he. I'm sorry, Isaac, if you did happen to listen to this. Because obviously I know you're, you're much better than what we've seen. Um, but yeah, for me, it was just quite disappointing to see because I know we can do better than that. Uh, but going back to the predicted lineup of what I'd like to see, yeah, Firmino. So Casado Firmino, and then I'm going to go Christian Pinier on the left for obvious reasons. Um, it would be stupid not to. Gustavo Bo in that kind of number 10 spot free roaming position. And out on the right, I would like to see Justin Renix be given the opportunity to play there. Or Diego Fundungas, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Either Diego or Justin. And then up top, obviously, we go with the main man, Adam Butzka. Um, what I think the Revolution starting lineup will be, and I don't know how close this is going to be, but this is what I think Bruce will actually pick for the starting eleven. So it's going to be Matt Turner in goal. I do think the back line, I think I've got right. I think he will go... The only one that I'm thinking about is, is left-back. I think that's the only one that's got a question mark over it. He might go... Actually, no, I'm going to change my mind. I think Bruce will go with Matt Turner in goal. He'll go with Sinovic. Sinovic, and then I think he's pronouncing it. Seth, um, Henry, Andrew Ke- uh, Andrew Kessler. <laughs> Bloody hell, that's a hell of a player that is. Uh, so he'll go, um, he'll go Seth, uh, Kessler, Farrell, and Bai at the back. In midfield, he'll go with Zahibo and uh, Casado. Uh, he will play... With the three behind the striker, he will play Pania, Gustavo Bo, and Teal Bunbury. And up top, he'll play uh, Adam. I don't know what I had to think then. He'll play Butska. Buxa. Buxa. I think I, think I say his name wrong continually. Buxa. Um, so that's what I think he'll play, to be fair. Um, I'm kind of hoping he doesn't play Mancien because I don't think he's. I think if you choose Mancien over Henry Kessler, that really does damage to the youngsters. Um, like 
own self-confidence, I suppose, because why would you not pick him at this point? Um, but yeah, I hope he doesn't pick Mancien over Kessler. And Mancien over Farrell? No, I can't I can't see it myself. Um, but yeah, predictions for the scoreline of the game. I think it will be a 3-1 win for the Revolution. I think Gustavo Bo will grab two and uh, Butz Buxa will grab one as well. I think the two big boys will come up trumps. And I think uh, Christian Panier will set up one of the goals. Um, and I'm not really too sure who's going to set up the other two because I'm not too sure of the lineup. Um, but I think it, one will come from uh, a set piece. So one will be um, not assisted, sorry. It will be a Gustavo Bo free kick. And the other one will be a defensive player will set up the goal from the back and they'll punt the ball forward and it will be. Uh, Long ball over the top, and uh, someone will grab the goal. But uh, yeah, Gustavo Bow with two, and Buxa with the one goal in a 3-1 victory. In terms of the season, where do I predict the revolution to finish? I would predict it to finish sixth, fifth, sixth or fifth, fifth or sixth. We'll go fifth, we'll go bowl, we'll go bowl, we'll, we'll go big fifth. We're going to finish fifth. Uh, throughout the season, I'm not going to kind of try and say how many wins, draws, and losses when I do it at this time. When I finish fifth, uh, top goal store, scorer will be uh, Buxer. Um, top assist will be Carlos Heel, with a uh, close second being Christian Pena. Uh, player of the season will be Christian Pena because the amount of goals he'll be there or thereabouts in both ones, but I can just see him having a big uh, season. Uh, youngster. Young standout player of the season will be Henry Kessler, closely followed by Firmino. And uh, what else have we got then? Did I say yeah, players, player? I think that's all we've got. I don't know. I don't know what else we do. Do we do defender of the season will be Henry Kessler. Uh, midfielder of the season will be Nicholas Firmino. Uh, attacking player of the season will be Adam Brutska. Um, overall player of the season will be yeah Christian Panier. Um, I think that's pretty much it for predictions. The reason why I went so quickly is because it's really hard this early on to tell. Um, but, um, yeah, it's this season, guys. This season has got me so pumped. I can't wait um, for Saturday. Obviously, this will be going up uh, hopefully tonight, which is Friday. Um, and so it's ready for your ear holes to listen before the game against Montreal. If not, worst case scenario, it will be going up before the Montreal game. So you'll have something to listen to before we get into it. But guys, please be, for the 200 odd that are going, be loud. Give us something to cheer about throughout the whole game. I don't, it doesn't matter if we're losing. It doesn't matter. Tune, tune or down. That's when they need you more than ever. Make yourselves, I want to be listening on Bet365, but I want to hear you guys giving it your all. The, the, the guys on the pitch, if any of you do somehow manage to listen to this podcast and got this far in the podcast, just give it your all. That's all we're asking for as fans. Sometimes the team in front of us is better than us and we're not going to win every single game. But as long as you've left it all out there on the pitch, that's all we can ask for as fans. But this season, guys, for me, is going to be huge. The revolution of moving in the right direction. We're getting a bigger and better fan base than ever. We're getting more notable people talking about us. We're getting more airtime on TV, radio, podcasts are now spring up. And we're being talked about a lot more. The MLS UK community are starting to take note. The fan base in the UK is starting to slowly, slowly build. And hopefully I can be a bigger and better part of that as I look to obviously the 2020 season as the season where the revolution really start to push forward and grow. On the back of that, I am looking hopefully eventually towards the back end of the season if I do not manage to get out to go out to the States. 
then I hopefully will be doing a watch party because some of the, t the game times over here in the UK are actually reasonable and I could actually do a watch party. Uh, I'm looking to get a venue um, booked out where we can hopefully maybe get 30 to 50 people, hopefully to get to come out to support the revolution. I'll record it all so we can all see what what it's like and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, so yeah, if I can't get to come out to a game this season, I'm gonna be with every single game. I'll be there in spirit guys, but the 2020 season is the season the breakout season for the New England Revolution. And when people start taking note that we are here to play soccer and we are here to dominate the MLS in 2020. So guys, if you have enjoyed this episode, then don't forget to show your support by dropping likes, follows, all that kind of good stuff, sharing it around the community, making sure we can get as many ear holes listening to this episode. As I said, I'm up on more platforms as well now, so you should find it a little bit easier than you have done previously. And if you do wish to support the podcast in other ways you can show your support by dropping a donation onto our patreon um it is just a four pound tier four pound a month tier however you can set up a custom tier if you do wish to as well and donate a little bit more if you've got more please only donate if you can afford to or do not want to be taking money out of people's pockets that they cannot afford to spend um because i will continue to do this for free it does not matter i just love and enjoy doing it and being part of this amazing community so guys i've rambled for far too long um, I hope you have a good weekend. I hope the revolution can get the three points in the back and we can start the season as we mean to go on. So, revolution. Let's go, Revs. So, guys, one whole hour of listening to a Brit talk about your team. How do you feel?